I reckon it's pretty funny how all the iPhone ads seem to make it out as though the new iPhone is like so much bigger and better than the last one. Um, the battery life maybe is two minutes longer or the, the screen is maybe two millimetres bigger. Uh, but whenever I get a new iPhone, it doesn't actually really change my life all that much. Um, like, for sure, the iPhone, the iPhone as a whole has been a huge game changer, yeah, and smartphones. But, but each individual iPhone doesn't actually change all that much, but every ad makes it out as though they're, they're such a game changer. I wonder if you've ever actually uh, discovered something that actually has really changed the way you live, um, something that's completely changed the way you function. I'll tell you that something that's been a real game changer for me, and this, this is going to um, show you how out of touch I am, but just recently I discovered Shazam. Um, yeah, Shazam. It's a, it's a real game changer for me. I mean, when, whenever you, uh, you might be hanging out um, at a cafe or you might be, um, I don't know, you might be just walking through the shop somewhere, you hear a song that you really like and you get Shazam out and you press the button and it tells you the exact song that you're listening to. See, that, that has been a huge game changer for the way I'm able to listen to music. Um, but I wonder if there's been something like that, some app or some product that you've discovered and you've gone, wow, this is going to change the way I live. Sometimes, though, I reckon, sometimes we haven't even necessarily experienced something or experienced the change that something can bring, but we're hopeful for it. Um, maybe it's uh, often you hear about it, people talk about diets in this way. Um, they talk about maybe the latest diet they're going to try, the paleo diet or something like that. Um, and they, they say, if I could just stick to this diet, if I could go full paleo, it's going to change my whole life. It's going to change my whole existence. My health, the way I look, the way I feel about myself, I'm going to be completely different, completely changed. Or maybe you hear people talk about uh, relationships in that way. If I could just get to know and love this person or know and love someone really deeply and intimately, that would change everything about me. That would, that would make me more confident in myself I'd just be happier. Or maybe, uh, maybe you're thinking, if I could just get accepted into a certain uni degree, year 12, you might be thinking that, or if I could get a certain job, that would change everything for me. It would change everything about the way I'd live. My career path would be set, and I'd be tracking along nicely for a pretty happy life. See, what is it that you're looking to as, as something that is going to change everything for you? The passage we're going to actually look at tonight um, gives us an answer, gives us that answer, and God shows us that what we should look to to change everything in our life, God shows us what that is, and it's a real game changer. But before we actually dig into these verses and see what that is, um, let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we had it read to us just now, um, and we thank you that it is your word, uh, nothing um, about what we're going to do now is um, my words but we're just looking at what you've spoken to us um, and unpacking that God uh, help me as I do that uh, yeah feeling weak uh, from from my point but we thank you that you have spoken and that your word is true and that it's good and we pray that we are able to see that tonight in Jesus name amen all right so take notice of this the big thing that God is showing us in these verses in Philippians tonight is that Jesus changes everything. Jesus changes everything about life. 
And there's no clearer way for us to see that than, than seeing how Jesus changed the life of Paul. Uh, you may have heard of, heard of Paul and we were introduced to him last week. Um, Mike told us that Paul was this guy who wrote the book called Philippians that we're looking at tonight and he wrote it as a letter. He was writing Philippians as a letter to a group of Christians in a place called Philippi. Um, and Paul really loved these guys. Paul really loved the Philippians. He, he wrote this letter to actually encourage them as they followed Jesus. Uh, he wanted the Philippians to see how much Jesus had changed his life and he wanted them to follow in his example. If, if you look at chapter 3, verse 17, turn to it if you've got your Bible open, uh, Paul says this, he says, "'Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters.'" And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. You see, Paul knew that Jesus had changed everything about his life and he wanted his brothers and sisters, the Philippians, who he loved so much and cared for so much, he wanted to see them have their lives changed in the same way. But how did Jesus actually change everything about Paul's life? Well, to see that, Uh, Let's read in verse 12, where we kicked off our reading from tonight. Chapter 1, verse 12. Paul says, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Now, what was it that happened to Paul? What was it that led to the gospel advancing? Or that's just the good news about Jesus spreading further. Well, let's read on. We find out what happened to Paul. It says uh, in the next verse there, As a result, it has come clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am, here's what happened to Paul, I'm in chains for Christ. You see, Paul is in prison for Jesus. Now, if you know anything about Paul, that's a pretty big deal. So much about Paul had to change for him to end up in prison for Jesus. See, the, the Paul we read about in Philippians is completely different Paul from the one we read about earlier on in the Bible. Actually, Paul changes so much that he gets a whole new name. When we read about Paul in the book of Acts, which is before Philippians, he's called Saul, and then his name gets changed to Paul. But let's actually do that quickly and flip over to Acts, so a few books beforehand. We'll go to Acts chapter 9 and we see what happened to Paul. Why is it that Paul being in prison is such a being in prison for Jesus is such a big change in his life? Uh, we'll read from verses one and two of Acts chapter nine. These verses say, Meanwhile, Saul, so that's Paul now, was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples, against Jesus' disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, that's just another way of saying if he found anyone who were followers of Jesus there, uh, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. Now, this was about 15 or, or 20 years before Paul wrote the book or wrote the letter to the Philippians. And you see how much Paul has changed in that time? Paul was someone who made it his life's goal and life's mission to track down Christians, followers of Jesus, and put them in prison. Or even worse, sometimes to see them executed because of their belief in Jesus. 
But in Philippians, 15 to 20 years later, Paul is writing from inside a prison cell and he's stoked that he's able to say, I'm in chains for Jesus. I'm in chains for Christ. The reason I'm in prison is because I'm a follower of Jesus. See, Jesus changed everything for Paul. It was a complete 180. The change was that dramatic. Um, you, might, you might remember that kid, I don't know if you um, had a similar kid in school when you were in maybe year seven or eight, but he was just the craziest, angriest kid you could ever imagine. Um, he was the one, I reckon there was one in, in everybody's year, he was the one who would um, just try and get into a fight with anyone. If there was the slightest argument, he'd just want to fight them. Um, or he would, maybe he's always storming out of uh, classrooms. In my year, that guy's name was Tom. Um, I remember in year seven, Tom like, was getting into an argument with a few people and he, he challenged about 10 people to fight him. Like, he, was, he was wanting to take on 10 people, him versus uh, the other 10. But people managed to quiet him down a bit. And, um, but then later on, he was, like, he was so committed, he was so angry and wanting to fight these people that they said, all right, um, we'll, we'll meet you out after school um, uh, just like just up in the town, it was near the cricket nets, and I'm I'm not proud of this because I was in one of the ten, but we um, <laughs> I'm not proud of this at all. But yeah, he was so angry, he wanted to fight us so much that we met him up at, at, at the cricket nets, and while he was waiting there, we were in the trees and we all threw eggs at him, and I feel I feel so bad about that now, and um, yeah, but the good thing is, Tom actually change dramatically. Like, I, rem- I remember, in the, probably in about the space of a week, he became the most, like, quiet, um, friendly person. I, I remember in, like, year nine, I remember, like, sitting next to this guy, Tom, and having, like, probably about an hour's conversation with him. And, like, to think the change from that guy, from year seven to year nine, by the end of it, he was school captain, everyone liked him, he was friends with everyone in the school. But... Thinking back to year seven, he was just this angry kid that would wanted to fight everyone, that stormed out of about every second class. The change in Tom was dramatic. You see, it's a bit like, that's a bit like what happened for Paul. Paul was this angry kid. He was the angry kid at school, but to a whole new level. He was the guy who hunted down Christians and then himself became a Christian. You see, it was on one of these trips to find more Christians to put in prison that Paul met Jesus. Jesus appeared to Paul, the risen Jesus, after Jesus had died and rose again. Jesus appeared to Paul and Paul came to realise something. Paul came to realise that Jesus wasn't uh, just some crazy carpenter from Nazareth uh, who somehow managed to gain this mass following of people and and was now stealing people from uh, Paul's religion after he died. But Paul came to realise that Jesus was actually alive. Jesus is actually the king who rules the universe. Jesus is the one who created everything. That's what Paul came to realise. And Paul came to realise that every single person should be living with Jesus as their king. Everyone should live for Jesus, with Jesus calling the shots. You see, when Paul came to see Jesus for who he really is, the king who died for him and who lives ruling over everything, that changed everything for Paul. 
because Jesus changes everything. That's the thing we need to see, the big thing we need to see as we look at tonight's passage is that Jesus changes everything. Now you could be sitting there tonight and you could have uh, a number of different responses to that statement, Jesus changes everything. But I want to zoom in on two responses that I reckon a bunch of you guys might be having tonight. Firstly, you could be sitting there and you could be going, ah, I'm not convinced. I don't know. I'm not convinced that Jesus, that that this Jesus um, is who you're saying he is. I'm not convinced that he's any more than just a guy who created a bunch, created a bit of a kerfuffle 2,000 years ago. And yeah, may have got a bit of a following, but I'm not convinced he's anything anybody worth spending my time looking into. See, if that's, if that's you, if that's your attitude to Jesus, I reckon you're being pretty ignorant. Jesus has changed so much about human history. It's crazy. But more than that, Jesus has changed so many people's lives throughout history. People like Paul, who were completely opposed to him, but became passionate followers of him. To ignore Jesus and not investigate him properly, I reckon he's pretty proud and arrogant. Now, I don't want to just leave it at that. I want to encourage you guys, if you're not convinced by Jesus, um, don't just leave it at that, but do actually investigate him properly. I, I can understand that you, you guys have, might have questions about Jesus, um, but if you have those questions, don't just leave it at that, actually investigate. We've got, Mike talked about it before, we've got Jesus Uncut coming up in a few weeks, which is actually something we run before youth, particularly for people who want to look into Jesus, who He is, what He's on about, the evidence that there is that He rose from the dead and the hope that Jesus can give us. That would be the perfect place for you to wrestle with your doubts about Him. But maybe, um, maybe you're here tonight and you are convinced about, by Jesus You've actually put your trust in Him. Jesus, you would say that Jesus has changed your life and you call yourself a Christian. But I want you to ask this question seriously. See, for Paul, Jesus changed everything. But what, what difference does Jesus actually make in your life? Paul's life was totally different after he became a follower of Jesus. And, and it might not be that your life has such a dramatic turnaround as Paul's. After all, Paul was killing Christians before he became a Christian. But I wonder whether your life would be all that different if you weren't a Christian. See, I want, I want us to ask that question as we continue to look at how Jesus changes everything. Because what we're going to look at now is, is one thing in particular um, about what Jesus actually changed for Paul. You see, Jesus changed Paul's purpose. He changed his purpose in life. Jesus changed a lot for Paul. He changed his perspectives and you can, um, you can see that as, we, as you look at verses 12 to 18. So much about Paul's perspectives in life, um, why he was in prison suffering, they changed because he saw how great Jesus was. Um, he actually saw while he was in prison that other people became more bold and started sharing the message about Jesus. And he actually, he actually says there um, in, in verse 18, you get to read, there's, there's a bunch of people who are, who are starting to preach about Jesus, not necessarily for good motives, but they're starting to preach about Jesus out of envy against Paul. But Paul goes, no, 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 I don't, I don't care 
who is preaching. I just care that they're preaching Jesus. You see, his perspective about so much changed. Um, but one of the bigger thing, one of the biggest things that changed for Paul was that Jesus changed Paul's purpose, his mission in life, what he cared about most in life. See, so check out verse twenty-one. Now, this is a pretty well-known verse, verse twenty-one. You probably may well have recognised it as we read it earlier. It's it's the sort of verse you might see on a coffee cup, or someone might have it on their Facebook or Instagram profile. But Paul says in verse twenty-one. It's his new purpose. This is what it is. He says, for me, to live is Christ. Paul has a whole new purpose in life. Jesus has changed absolutely everything. Paul probably used to say, for me, um, for me to live is killing Christians. But now he can say, for me, to live is Christ. That's my purpose. Now, what does he actually mean by that? Uh, for me to live is Christ. Well, for Paul, his life and what he does with his life, it's now all about Jesus. Um, See, check out the verse beforehand in verse 20. He says in that verse, he says, I eagerly expect and hope, or in other words, he's saying, this is what I long for, this is what my passion is, this is what I'm passionate about. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage and here's what he longs for and he's passionate about. So that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body. That's Paul's purpose. That's what he's passionate about, that Jesus is exalted in his body. Now, what does that actually mean? Well, for someone, something to be exalted just means to be lifted up, to be given um, more importance. Another way you could talk about it would be to say um, that Jesus is magnified. When you magnify something, you, uh, when you look at it with a magnifying glass, you, you're making it bigger so you can see it as bigger. You make it look bigger. Paul wants Jesus to be lifted up and to be made look bigger. But how? He says he wants Jesus to be exalted in his body, in Paul's body, in what he does in his life, in how he speaks, in how he acts. He wants everything to show how great, how big and how beautiful Jesus really is. So that's what, you, that's what you do, isn't it? When you're really passionate about something, you're wanting to share that with other people. Actually, a couple of weeks ago, I went home for holidays and I caught up with one of my mates from school and it was really interesting hearing what he was saying. Um, this guy wasn't Tom, who we threw eggs at. It was another mate I had called Alex and Alex was telling me that he's found his absolute dream job. And he was talking as it, about it so passionately. Um, he and his girlfriend are paid to travel around the world and take photos. That's his job. There's a photo up that um, he took recently that he was showing me. He just travels around. He got paid $10,000 for taking this photo and posting it on Instagram. That's how much followers they have on Instagram that... Um, People just pay for them to travel overseas and to take a photo of them staying at, like, their hotel. But he was telling me how passionate he is about this job. And um, he's saying he's so passionate about it because he gets to show people how beautiful the world is. And there's, there's some pretty beautiful photos that they've taken. See, he finds places that are so great, big and beautiful and he shows them to as many people as possible. And when you're passionate about something... 
You want to show others how great it is. Now, he was talking about how passionate about it he was. And as I was talking about, I was thinking, man, if only I was as passionate about what I do as he is. It really challenged me to see how passionate he was about um, his life. And it really challenged me then, to, as I read these verses, to see Paul talking about his life and for him to say, for me to live is Christ. He had something that was so much more valuable and precious to live for. See, Paul had become so passionate about Jesus that he wanted everyone to come to know just how great and big and beautiful Jesus is. And Jesus is the one who created everything and made everything that my mate Alex takes photos of. Not only that, but Jesus is the one who actually died so that you can know and love him. See, Paul loved Jesus so much that he could say that dying was actually a good thing for him. In verse 22 and 23, Paul's in this wrestle. Take a look at it. He's in this wrestle. Um, He wants to live because living for him is about Jesus now. So he wants to live. He says, for me to live is Christ and that's awesome. He, that's his purpose, exalting and magnifying Jesus so that people can see how big and awesome Jesus is. But then he says, dying would also be good. Dying would also be gain for him. He actually says uh, it would be better for him to die. See, check out verse 22. Here's his wrestle. He says, I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. See, Paul says it's better for him to die because he gets to be with Jesus, the one he loves, the one who's changed everything about his life. But he also knows what's most important for him. He says it in verse 24. He says it's more necessary for him to keep on living. Why is that? Because he knows his purpose. Remember, Jesus changed Paul's purpose. And if we read on, we get to see more of his purpose. He says in verse 25, he says, Convinced of this, I know that I'll remain, and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. See Paul's purpose in that verse. Paul's purpose is to see people progress in their faith, to see people have more joy in their faith, more joy in Jesus. Paul knows it's going to be hard work and he says in verse 22, he actually, he calls it labour. He knows knows he's going to need to work hard but he also says it's labour that will be fruitful, labour that will be worth it. He wants to work hard for Jesus because Jesus has changed Paul's purpose. Paul's purpose is to see Jesus magnified, to be exalted, to be made to be seen as big, And his purpose is to see other people progress and grow in their love for Jesus too. See, Jesus made a huge difference in Paul's life. But coming back to that question that we asked earlier, what difference does Jesus actually make in your life? Are you actually someone uh, like Paul who cares about how big and awesome Jesus is seen as? I reckon it's getting, it's getting more and more difficult to actually be a follower of Jesus in Australia, yeah? There's more and more opposition to people who identify with Jesus. 
And I reckon it's even gotten harder uh, to be a Christian in school than when I was in school. And when I chat to a bunch of you guys, I really feel for you in the opposition you get from even calling yourself a Christian. But see, Paul faced the absolute peak of opposition. He was in prison because he was a follower of Jesus. But it didn't stop him. He continued to tell people about Jesus, even in prison. See, people knew Paul was a Christian. He was bold in telling people about Jesus. Now, even though there is so much opposition to Christianity in school now, the opposition we face isn't half as much as what Paul faced. No, not, nowhere even near. And there's actually so much opportunity for, for you guys um, to be boldly sharing Jesus, to be boldly showing how great and big Jesus is. Um, I know a bunch of you guys are at Christian schools and, and you'll have, um, you have even more opportunity than anyone in a public school to be able to be telling people about Jesus. Um, you guys actually have Bible studies and have chapel services in your school that you can, you can use to be starting discussion and conversation with your mates. I'd challenge you guys to use those times to be able to talk to people about Jesus and not just see it as something else that happens uh, in your week at school. Um, maybe you might be thinking, I'm in a Christian school and so um, most people are already Christians, I'll leave talking about Jesus to uh, maybe when we get to youth or somewhere else where I think there's not as many Christians. There are stacks of people who aren't followers of Jesus in your school. So use these opportunities to boldly tell people about Jesus and how great He is. Um, But for some of you guys in public schools, um, you might not have as much opportunity like that in a Christian school, but there are there is some opportunity. We have, we have Flipside that we run in, in um, Terrigal, in Arana, in Henry Kendall. These are all times where you actually have the opportunity to come along and talk to people about Jesus and how great He is. You have opportunity to invite your mates um, for 15, 20 minutes during a lunchtime to, for them to be able to hear about Jesus. So if, if Paul was... Um, if Paul was in your situation, he would definitely be getting to flip side, to getting to every opportunity every week to be able to boldly tell people how great Jesus is. See, Jesus changed Paul's entire purpose. He was not, even, not only more bold now in, in telling people about Jesus, but he cared deeply about other people growing in their love for Jesus. That's why he wrote all these letters to different people in different churches. It's why he cared so much about the Philippians, because he wanted to see them follow his example and love Jesus as much as he did. See, are you someone who cares about other people growing in their love for Jesus? What, di- what difference does Jesus make in the way you talk to others? And we're all here at Eva Youth tonight, and so... We're here because, um, maybe you're here because you just want to have a bit of fun, maybe you're here because you do actually want to uh, grow in your understanding of Jesus and the Bible. Um, But that time doesn't just finish here after we've read God's Word and heard it um, taught. We have so much opportunity afterwards to be able to be talking to other people, to be able to see them grow in their love for Jesus and grow in their um, joy in Jesus. 
Um, I, I reckon it, it's really easy, well, not really easy, but it's easier to talk to someone who you're not as familiar with sometimes about um, Jesus, how they're going, how they're struggling um, in following Jesus. I reckon it's hardest sometimes to talk to the people who you know really well. To actually, when you've, when you've been in years of having conversations that have nothing to do with um, nothing to do with your, your faith and following Jesus, to actually start that can be really difficult. But why, don't, why not tonight actually have a conversation with someone that you haven't before, someone who you know really well, and ask them how they're going in following Jesus? What's been, what is difficult for them at the moment in following Jesus? See, Paul wouldn't have been scared about having those conversations. He would, it, it would have been his top priority. You see... He, Jesus changed everything about Paul's purpose and his purpose is now, was now to see people progress and grow in their love for Jesus. So I want to challenge you guys to make that your priority as well. Seeing people come to know Jesus and how great and beautiful and big he is, but also to see other people who may already follow Jesus grow in their love for him as well. See, Jesus changes everything. Jesus changed everything for Paul. He changed his purpose and mission in life. And so I want us to ask that question, actually think deeply about that question tonight. What difference does Jesus actually make in my life?